Hey y'all, I'm so excited to share this guest with you today because we are hitting a new topic that hasn't been touched on yet, which I always love because it's always great to get different perspectives on the same system, but it's also really fun to learn new shiny ones. So Becky, how are you doing today? Fantastic. Thanks for having me. Yes, I'm so glad. So let's just go ahead and start off by having you shoot us a couple details about you and your business. Sure. I am a business mentor. I work with women who want to own their authority and crush their goals. So I do equal parts mindset and tactical work with women entrepreneurs. And I also am a content creator for some large corporate clients. That work has been shifting more towards an agency model, but that's the work that I've been doing for the last 15 years, basically. Dang, that's awesome. Thanks. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. So let's go ahead and dive into the juicy stuff. So we're really going to be talking about specifically LinkedIn and how you can get found in three really, really simple ways. So LinkedIn is something that honestly, just in my personal experience, I set up in college. So I'm like only what, seven, six years removed from college. Uh, And I remember setting it up and somehow I got to like 500 contacts pretty easily back then. And then it's just been kind of growing on its own. And I don't really touch it unless I like move jobs or change something. So I'm really interested in this topic. I mean, I know my audience will be too. So let's go ahead and kind of describe your business or your clients businesses before you implement your LinkedIn strategies. So I would say for the people that I'll be talking about primarily are people who are service-based businesses that sell to other businesses. That's the real bread and butter for LinkedIn. Now that said, there are lots of reasons that LinkedIn can be really useful for people that are not in that category. Mm -hmm. But the real like meat of it is for those service-based folks who are working with other businesses. And so if you're the kind of person who right now is in that place of feeling like you're chasing after the same small business owner, same solopreneur clients as all your competitors. Mm. And it's really frustrating (laughs) and you're kind of ready to level up to clients with bigger pocketbooks and um, that are used to paying and paying on time and have bigger projects and ongoing work. That's where LinkedIn really can start to fall into, you you know, that scope of business. So I would say if you're, if you're that type of business and you're in that place of kind of being tired of spinning your wheels, chasing after those same small clients, then it might be time to look at, look at LinkedIn. Love that. Yes. I, I totally agree because it can feel kind of like this weird incestuous pool of people that just like <laughs> are swarming around the same circles and you're like, how do I get out of here? And so I love that LinkedIn, like if you're looking for that fresh people who are here to do business seriously, uh, that LinkedIn is a really, really great place. So what kind of finally drives your clients? Is it, is it that moment? of just, all right, I need a fresh pool of potential clients or is it something else that gets them interested in LinkedIn? It's usually about growth. It's about being ready to work with clients with bigger budgets. And when you get to that place, you know, they're generally somebody who's more of a solopreneur has a tighter budget. That's just usually how it goes. Now, because normally when they reach the place of not having such tight budgets, they've been growing a team and they're not really a solopreneur anymore. So my, you know, it's clients or it's people that are sort of at that place of being like, I feel like I'm chasing after one small project after another and really looking to work with people that are kind of that next level of business that have bigger budgets. And that's the kind of people that are on LinkedIn. I mean, you talked about it being a professional place and that's exactly it. When people are on LinkedIn, they are totally in business mode. It's not like Facebook where 
kind of hit and miss or Instagram where it's real hit or miss on whether somebody's in business <laughs> mode. You know, on LinkedIn, that's, it's really, that's all it's about. And that means for some people that LinkedIn sounds boring and it probably is, but there's something really nice to knowing that you're in a place where everyone is there because they are looking for people to help them with a business problem. Yeah, I love that. And I think that it really, it's less disruptive on LinkedIn, just as far as, again, it's people who are doing business and are not, um, I guess, freaked out or frustrated or whatever else that you're interrupting their cat videos on Facebook or their you know, flat lays with peonies on Instagram. So I, I love that. So let's go ahead and have you walk through the steps, the three ways that you started to put together for getting found on LinkedIn. Well, I am much farther removed from college than you. Yeah. <laughs> and so I've been on LinkedIn for a very long time. Um, I believe it started in like 2002. And I think I've been on since like 2005 or six. I've been on- oh My it, gosh. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm an old lady. So when <laughs> I, I, I have owned my own business since 2005. And so when I left my corporate job, um, I knew I needed to, find clients to be for my writing business, but how do you do that? So LinkedIn, it was really pre-Facebook even, and LinkedIn was a place that there were corporate people. But at that time, I was really treating it more like an online resume. And so it sounds like maybe that's kind of the place you're at. And honestly, that's the place where a lot of people are, where they don't really do much with LinkedIn until they have some sort of job change or title change or get right. some new certification or whatever, but they don't really think about it beyond that. And so really, I'll say step zero is to start using LinkedIn. So treat it, it's not just an online resume. It shouldn't just be a static thing. You actually need to go in, first of all, just take a look and see what information you have on there. Get it updated. Make sure that the photo looks like you. Make sure that, you know, your name is now correct, the place you are and your job title and you have your current company and all of that. So like really step zero is start using it. Don't just think of it as a resume. But really step one is about having a strategy. So as with basically anything that you're going to do to market your business, if you really want it to be successful, there needs to be some strategy behind it. You need to have a plan. And so think about who it is that you want to try and target on LinkedIn. Who's using LinkedIn that could be your ideal client? And that's probably different than the people you're targeting on Instagram or Facebook because people that use LinkedIn tend to be with bigger companies. And so you need to think about what are they interested in um, and who are they and how would they search for someone that does what you do? And that information is going to help you come up with a keyword strategy. So you want to have a list of keywords that you're going to use to optimize your profile. And so you should have probably five to 10 keywords and phrases that you think people will be using to find someone who, do, who does what you do, knowing the type of audience that's there. And so a lot of people have done SEO work for their website, but this information it may be a little different for LinkedIn because again, it's a different audience. And so you really need to think through what this audience is looking for and how they're searching and come up with that keyword strategy. And then you're going to use those keywords throughout your profile, top to bottom and in all the content you share, which I'll talk about in a little bit. So think about the keywords and start finding ways to incorporate them naturally into everything you do. Do you have like a certain tool that can help you decide what your keywords should be? 
keywords should be? I don't. I wonder if there is one. That would be great to know. If somebody knows, I'd love to hear. I just do sort of the old school method of doing some searching myself on LinkedIn, spending some time looking and seeing what comes up, what kinds of people looking at other profiles and what kinds of words they're using to find the most similar match to what I really want to use. But there maybe there's some better method that I don't know of. Yeah, I don't know. I think the only one I can think of is the for content creation is BuzzSumo. They do like, I think they have like a keyword planner type thing. I know Google has one, but I honestly haven't touched many of them. So yeah, I'll definitely have to look into that too. But all right. So after keywords, what's next? Well, and I'm going to say point one a on keywords. (laughs) This is the one little, (laughs) like I call this my golden nugget that I like to share. If you do nothing else that I talk about today, do this one thing and it will make a difference on how often you're showing up in search results and more importantly, how often your profile is being clicked on by people. So there's the headline in LinkedIn, which is basically the place most people put their job title. So if you go into your profile, you'll see where it says headline. That's where most people will put something like writer or owner of Jordan Gill LLC or whatever our company name is. Don't do that. But that's what 95% of people do. So if you do that, when you show up in search results, if somebody searches for writer and you have writer in your title, guess what? So do 95% of the people in the search results. You've told the searcher nothing. And the only things that show up in search results are your photo, your name, your city, that headline, and then your current company. So unless your current company has something that gives you know, the name of your company somehow gives more information, you've told them nothing. There's nothing for them to see there. So what I like to say is to tell them what you do, but then also who you do it for and the results that you deliver. If you can make that, so basically it becomes a tagline and hopefully this is something you already have or can come up with fairly quickly. It shouldn't be very many words, but as simply as you can come up with something that says what you do, who you do it for and the results they can expect. That will change everything because now when you show up in the results, you're not just the writer, you're the writer for photographers that will get people to buy multi-dollar package, multi-million dollar packages, whatever it is. So you're going to stand out amongst all the other people who just have photographer to photographer, owner of photography company. So that one little change can make all the difference. Ooh, that is a golden nugget. You're making me (laughs) need to go look at my my LinkedIn for sure because I'm pretty sure I have something very, very, who knows, but I'm going to have to go look now. All right. So then what is step number two? Number two is content. So again, I said a lot of people treat LinkedIn like it's a static resume and they don't do anything else. And people think, I will have people say to me, how am I supposed to be active on LinkedIn? It's not not really a social site. It's boring. And it, it maybe it is boring, but there are people that are active on it. And here's the deal. Totally. If you know much about corporate America, they don't let their, a lot of corporations, a lot of bigger companies don't let their employees hang out all day on Facebook. They block Facebook a lot of times. They don't want their employees to lose productivity. But guess what one social media site most of them grant access to? LinkedIn, because it is a professional site and they know that their people are very often going on there to find vendors for them, for their work. They're using it for work. So a lot of people that are working for these bigger companies, it's really the only social media site they can be on. Some of them are actually on there a lot. So you need to be out there providing information for those people. Plus, if you want your name to show up in search results, how is LinkedIn going to know that you should be showing up? Well, keywords is one of the ways that it decides. Part of the algorithm is, is your keyword being used, but that's not the only way it decides. It also depends on if you're active on the site, just like Every other social media site rewards the most active users by having them show up more often. So you need to be doing things to show LinkedIn, hey, I'm active. Well, creating and sharing content is one way to do that. 
It's also another way to keep your name top of mind in front of those people, like I said, who are actually on LinkedIn looking at what's being shared. And it's another way to show your expertise, which is really important. So if you make that little golden nugget change and actually start getting people to click click on your profile, what are they going to find when they get there? If it's just your resume information, that might be interesting enough for them to contact you. It may not be. If you're sharing content that you've written in particular, they can see that you know your stuff. So you want to show people, hey, I'm an expert here. You can trust me to hire me. Clearly, I know what's going on. Totally. And I think the content piece, content piece probably already doing your blog or your vlog or your podcast. So for you to share on LinkedIn, it's like not any different? Or do you feel like there is, you know, you do have to change the way that you're doing your content to match LinkedIn people better? That depends. When you go back to that keyword strategy we were talking about and Mm -hmm. thinking about your ideal client on LinkedIn, ask yourself, is this person the same person? If it is, then you might be able just to copy and paste from your blog. If it's not, if you're trying to go from working with, you know, a one woman shop to working with a company of, you know, that has potentially hundreds or thousands of employees, their needs are very different. So you need to give them content that addresses their pain points and their needs. So you may have to change things. Gotcha. Yeah. Super, super true. Very good. Um, and then with groups, um, is there something that you have around tips or advice? It's something that I actually, um, a client of mine was asking about groups specifically on LinkedIn. Is, are those places that you can share your content or is it really just in your profile or when you're contacting different people through LinkedIn? Some groups allow you to share content. Some don't. It's very much gotcha. like, Facebook like Facebook groups or Google groups or anywhere else that has groups. Um, gotcha. You have to read the rules and see what they're what their uh, standard or their policy is for sharing content. Groups can be really beneficial. Some people find them to be useful. I personally don't use a lot with, do a lot with LinkedIn groups. I find that a lot of them are pretty spammy, Um, but that's a matter of trial and error and finding groups that aren't, but they can be a great way to make some connections. So I typically recommend that you join groups that one are in your industry. So you can get a lot of great information about your industry, just a good place to go to learn and make contact contacts within your industry. Then also you should join groups that will allow it that are of your ideal clients. So if you are trying to court a particular industry, you want to join those industry groups so that you know what's going on in the industry and so that you can get in touch with people that are in that industry. But I find them to be more useful for information gathering and maybe making some connections than really anything else. Ah, gotcha. No, that totally, that totally, totally makes sense. All right, Becky, what is the last step? What is the last way? So the last thing I want to hit on is just making sure that you have enough connections. Connections are really the heart of LinkedIn. It really started as more of an online resume and online Rolodex. And those connections remain really important. And I think you mentioned that you have, you got to 500 connections pretty quickly and it continues to grow. But there are lots of people who haven't hit that 500 mark. And I always tell people to do what you can to get to the 500 as quickly as you can, because that's when LinkedIn considers you an all star profile and it quits showing people how many connections you have and just says 500 plus, which is a really small, subtle thing. But making that, doing that will actually make people get the message that you are professional and an active user. And the other big reason to have more connections is just that that's the final way that LinkedIn decides how often you're showing up in search results. The more connections you have, the more you're going to show up in search results because you're showing up in the results of your connections and their connections. So you want to continue to get more and more connections because you're going to show up a lot more that way. So then is there like groups of people that you recommend to get to that 500 connections? Like do you, should you start with past colleagues? Should you start with current clients? Like do you have like a list of people that, that people should start to 
get those connections up? Definitely. I mean, first through, first of all, just think through everyone you know personally. So, you know, friends and family, colleagues, if you are still in a job or if you've just left a job, your former colleagues, your former bosses, employers, teachers. And then if you have a business, all of your clients, your vendors, anyone that you have worked with in any kind of professional manner or that you know well enough, send a connection request. Most of us, that'll get us well over 100 pretty quickly and maybe even more. And then the people who have the most success with LinkedIn are the people who are making connections part of their just like everyday part of business. They meet somebody either in real life or online and they go right away and make that connection on LinkedIn. So you want to just start to make Mm. it kind of an automatic reaction every time you meet somebody. Yeah, I love that. That's perfect. So I'm going to wrap up with the final few questions. Uh, What was your best financial investment in business? people. <laughs> Just generally people, but my OBM in particular, I it was hard for me to part with money. I started with a VA mm-hmm. um, and just even hiring a VA to do things like social media, media scheduling was tough because I felt like I can do these things. It's one thing to hire uh, right. an accountant or someone who maybe does or you know somebody who does back-end work on my WordPress site. I can't do that. I don't know how. I can't, right. so I have to hire it out. <laughs> but hiring somebody to do things that I think I should be able to do or that I know that I can do can be very difficult. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but the fact that it frees up time is really important. And when I finally made that shift of realizing like my hourly rate is higher than my VA's hourly rate, as it should be if you're hiring a VA, then it's like, okay, well, that makes sense. She's doing something that would take me three hours. I've just freed up and, and maybe I'm paying her my equivalent of my half hour. Well, that was two and a half hours of time of money. It may not be money yet, but that can become money. So that's really important to remember. And then, but my OBM even more so, that was like a bigger expense, a higher rate, scarier. Yep. But it has really helped with streamlining. I mean, we're talking about streamlining and systems. And she has helped me with that in ways that I didn't even know could happen. I was, you know, the fact that she has this knowledge that I don't have and is able to really transform my business has been amazing. Yeah. Love that. I totally agree with you. People can just really transform and speed up your business in ways that you didn't even understand. Like the duplicating yourself while in ways that you can or can't do, like you talked about, I could definitely not do this WordPress coding nonsense that people do. And it really can't. And it's also for me, really exciting to support other business owners or other people. Like it is such a joy to be able to support somebody else's life. Like you are helping somebody else have more time with their families too, or um, get to do what they love to do every single day. And that stuff is so, it, it just brings me a lot of joy. So then what was your worst financial investment in business? I paid to be part of a group program, um, a group coaching program that ultimately just didn't turn out to be the right fit. Definitely one of the biggest expenses I've ever had in my business and was not worth the money, unfortunately. That's not to say that all group programs aren't good. I run them. I think they can be great, but I learned a lot out of it. So I like to just say that instead of feeling like, oh, I wasted that money, I spent some money to learn some valuable lessons, which are, you know, before you join any kind of group program or hire a coach or any of that stuff, make sure you're really asking smart questions about what that will include and think about your expectations and make sure beforehand that the that you can anticipate those expectations are going to be met. Yes, I so, so agree. Yeah, it can be really hard when you're making those like large investments, sometimes five figures to be in these group programs. And then you get in there and you're like, oh, this is not at all what I was expecting. And it can be really hard to kind of swallow the amount of money that you've spent. But it, it is, I agree that sometimes 
money is the is the biggest or I guess the the loudest lesson learner. And that way you can just make smarter decisions moving forward. We've all, you know, again, and why I have these questions, it's like we all have made really great financial investments and we've all made ones that we learned lessons from. And so it really is just about like how you can take each one of those and make even better decisions moving forward in your business. So where can people find you online? Give us website, obviously LinkedIn profile, anywhere else on social that you'd like for people to connect with you on. Well, I'm beckymollencamp.com. It's Mollencamp with the K. And really LinkedIn's a great place to find me. If I we've been talking about LinkedIn, if any of this is useful to you, feel free to drop me a line there and let me know that you heard me here and that it was helpful. Or if I can answer any questions about LinkedIn, you can hit me up there. I'm if you go to my website, you can find all the other fun social sites to find me. Yay. Awesome. And they'll all be in the show notes too. So um, if you want to go head on over there, you can find all the links and all the things for Becky. So thank you so much again for coming on. It was so, so great. And I appreciate you just sharing really awesome tips for people to maximize their use of LinkedIn. 